How's it going, Paddleheads? And welcome back to another episode of Yo, What the Hell? What is a bi-weekly smorgasbord of topics of stuff that we found interesting? Hello again, my name is Bravo, and I'm joined, as always, by my stalwart co-host. My name is Whiskey. And we are back at it like a crack addict. And, uh, yeah, that was my Run the Jewels reference for the day. <laughs> I was gonna say... You might look LP, well, kind of like LP, but I look nothing like Killer Mike, so. <laughs> Man. We both have girth, and, and that's about it. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, I'm just a fatter LP. I love it. Love it. Oh, God. Have I just doxed myself somewhat? Oh, wait, no. I guess any random white man can look like LP. Yeah, yeah, I feel like there is a, you know, 10% chance that if you're a white man, you might look like LP. <laughs> Which, LP's doing pretty good for himself. But that yeah. is neither here nor there. Uh, this is Yo, What the Hell. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're back, bitches. Much like Britney. Mm-hmm. God, I love Britney Spears. What a fucking queen. She's a fun lady, and her, everything of her acting unhinged over the last, like, de- two decades makes more and more sense the more and more, you know, Britney Spears gets out there in public. Yeah, Britney Spears deserves the best in life. She's fantastic. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we are um, back, much like Britney Spears. Uh, all hail Britney. And uh, we are going to be talking about Bass Reeves in this episode because Bass Reeves is fucking dope. Yeah, he's super exciting, and we felt that he was a perfect person to highlight during Black History Month, especially yeah. since, you know, it's this man's very unknown, even though he was highly successful at his job, and it's a shame. I mean, as we discussed off camera... It's partly history's fault and partly just due to the fact, well, like historians fucked up and so did people who owned people. Exactly. And in a more positive aspect, there's the Oklahoma connection. So we got to have that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a a mostly good one, or at least in our minds. And at the end of the day, dear listener, you'll be the uh, arbiter of whether or not it's good. I mean, we, we could totally get dragged for being white guys talking about a black man, which is fine, completely legitimate, or yeah, get, get dragged. So. For, yeah, get dragged for bringing up and highlighting a dude who was essentially just a cop, like a super cop, nonetheless. But U.S. Marshals, I mean, you know, they're basically just big sheriffs. Not just a cop, a Fed. <laughs> That's true. He's a Fed. He's a Fed sheriff. <laughs> Ooh. Damn, all cops are bastards, except for Bass Reeves. You know, that, that, that checks out. That could be another shitty short one day. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's do some catching up. It's up with you, dog. Yeah, you know, um, it's it was Super Bowl day, so we made Cincinnati chili. Hence why we're doing this um, later than I would have would have liked to or should have liked to. But man. 
I don't know if you've ever done Cincinnati Chili, but it takes a long fucking time. I abridged it, but it wanted three hours of just chili marinating. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I haven't made it, actually, but, I mean, I've had it, and, yeah, no, it's just, shit tastes good, but. Yep, shit's good, shit's weird. Ohio's a strange place. It is. We don't talk about it. I know, um. It's much like talking to. Yeah, I don't get that reference, but I'm happy for you. Uh, I was talking with Toasty Producer and uh, Canto Bite, and Toasty Producer made some Cincinnati-style chili. I was like, yo, dog, did you put cinnamon in there? And Canto Bite was like, yeah, did you? Like, not knowing that cinnamon actually goes in there? And it's just like, nah, dog, that's 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 an ingredient. Yeah, dude, I used um, that, and I added... Um, apparently this is a contentious among people in the beautiful state of Ohio, but I added motherfucking Mexican cocoa into it. So Ooh. it would give it like a more deep profile and just make it nice and rich. And it was so good. Like, so See, that sounds, that sounds really good. Yeah. But. Yeah, so I did that for Super Bowl, and unfortunately, you know, we know how what happened to Cincinnati. It's because you made their chili. You should have made what? Whatever. L.A. LA sadness. Yes. Tofu cocaine. Sadness. All right. <laughs> yes, make make cocaine. You know, go grow it in the backyard, harvest it, process it myself. It's only going to be a few year process, probably, to make a nice, exactly. fine line. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I did that, and I told you I went to the um, Western Heritage Museum down in the city this this week, and it was fantastic. Just absolutely fan-fucking-tastic. That's super cool. I'm extremely jealous. Yeah, like, dude, oh, it's so cool. It's a really good history museum, and it has a fantastic amount of, like, paintings and information in it. My really only complaints right now is... It isn't black enough, knowing like what I know historically about the West. About twenty-five percent of people operating in the cattle industry and like ranching and farming west of the Mississippi were black, and there was a big lack of black folks. Mind you, some of that is due to who was doing a lot of the paintings. I mean, it's a bunch of white dudes from here and a lot of Germans. Like, Germans did a lot of paintings of the West. I could see that. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. Like, I mean, I, I knew Germans had a weird fascination with the West, but I didn't realize it, it basically always had been there. <laughs> I mean, of all the weird German fascinations, I feel like the West is moderately tame. Oh, absolutely. If German people want to play like cowboy and put some paintings of like Native Americans and cowboys, that's great. <laughs> it's better than scat. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. Due to that, though, I mean, there was a astounding lack of like African-Americans within the art that was presented and the things presented within the museum. I'd give it a definitely an 8 out of 10, but that is what takes off points is literally the you know, lack of black folks. 
But yeah, that was about all I've done this week. Um, that were the only exciting thing. What did What did you do, sir? I want to hear about your wonderful week as a scholar. Oh God, what have I done? Um, God, just so much school shit, man. Like these classes are fucking hard, and I'm not having a good time. Sorry to hear that. I, all I knew was that one that was whooping your ass. Yeah, it's. Uh, it it is it is what it is. Like, if I don't, I mean, I'm probably not going to get all A's, and that's fine. Like to a certain extent, I just want to be done. Like, if I don't graduate with honors, like, yeah, it'll suck, but not the fucking end of the world for sure. But I also can't get a C. So, because that'll fuck my GPA. But mm-hmm. got you. So you're not in the C's get degrees like scenario. <laughs> no, not especially because I want to do post secondary. So my GPA has to be good. I mean, three point seven seven right now. So <sighs> that's rough, yeah. man. Yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah, just school. Uh, what else? Just been running a bunch of stupid fucking errands. <laughs> like, oh, right, that's just being an adult, right? Just running a bunch of stupid fucking errands. <laughs> it's it's so asinine. I went to a park for class, so that was cool, and I got to write like four hundred words about that. Got to just go vibe in a park for class, so that was dope. Shout out Sutton Wilderness. Yeah, Sutton's big fun. Like, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah, I was going to come see you, but somebody decided to sleep in. Dude, I slept like a son of a bitch that day. I slept until like three something. Like, just a fucking absolute unhinged man child. Just absolutely insane. Yeah. See, it was so much longer than my normal, like, sleep schedule. Oh, God, now I'm doing it, too. I know. Don't worry. That'll get edited. But, yeah, no. Uh, went, to, went, went, went to Sutton Wilderness. That was real cool. Um, saw some birds. Saw some, some squirrels and shit. That was cool. They're the homies. But, yeah, no, like... It's been all right. Just work, listening to other podcasts. It's great. We did D and D, so that was cool. Yeah, that was actually great. Like that was today was one of the best and most entertaining sessions that I personally re- recall in quite a while. That's because you were doing everything. I mean, yeah, I'm, I was tanking it. I'm just being a big old tanky boy. <laughs> that is true. You were being a very good tanky boy. Like, goddamn. <laughs> oh. But yeah. No, like, nothing else really super exciting. I'm sure I'll forget something, or I'll remember something I forgot after we do this. So. Oh, totally makes sense. It's like, I've already remembered that I picked up two more books to my, go with my massive book problem at the museum. <laughs> God damn. Dude, it's it's an issue. Like, that Japanese word for buying more books than you can read, it unfortunately oh, yeah. describes too much of what I do. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. 
it's just hard to read when you don't when you're not forced to by an educator. Yeah, see, I hate reading for fun now that I'm forced to read by an edu- forced to read by an educator. So, dude, we're kind of two different sides of the same coin. I get it. I think I read mostly comic books for a whole year once I got done with class. Just like so many fucking comic books. Yeah, I don't fucking blame you, dog. Like straight yes. up. Mm. And when you when you pick the social studies like both of us did or the, you know, the lighter sciences, like you're going to get fucking hosed real hard by reading. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But yeah, no, that's been um, that's been my past couple of weeks. Shall we move into our main topic? Yeah, let's get into the boy. This is going to be a fun topic. This is this is a it's been a really fun read for me and um it's been a bit difficult we have one main source because well bass reeves was an ill an illiterate man and history was not fair when recording the black voice in america so we're main we're using the main source of black gun silver star um the life and legend of frontier marshal bass reeves and it was written by a.t burton it's a really good book like I would absolutely say that if anyone wants to read it, they should. Totally a good worthwhile read. It's about 300 pages. Not too bad. Um, It is a bit odd, though, because there are chunks of it that are just like court transcripts and testimonials from like second-hand sources. Lots of that. There's also like lots of clips in it that are just articles from newspapers. Because once again, Bass Reeves was illiterate. Just so he didn't leave any of his own shit and American kind of sucks sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've read like some other things too, but I didn't feel like any of them were worthwhile including because I have them just in, in notes and they're not really our main source is really what anyone would need to know. They don't need to go track down the billions of little articles I've read that maybe add a bit of contextual like fluff to what I'm getting from this one book. And but Bass, he seems like he's a historical oddity as a black marshal, but there were a shit ton of African American and African Indians who would um before Oklahoma became a state be law enforcement. And what's what's now what's odd actually about Bass is that he had an extremely high level of success as a U.S. Marshal, like much higher than most marshals. And it's it's fascinating, although a bit confusing, since many records of black America pre-civil rights just weren't recorded. They just do not exist. Um, the author of our main source, Mr. Burton, um, actually wrote and stated in the introduction that he had a lot of trouble encountered from historical societies and towns. It was flat out told in one case that they didn't historically collect history from the African-American population in the area. I don't know where that was, but I assume it was either in Oklahoma or Arkansas. And they just told him flat out that we didn't collect stuff from the African-Americans here. So. Yeah, no, that 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 sounds about right. So yeah. in 1838, uh, Bass was born in Crawford County, mm-hmm. Arkansas, which is a county 
in the northwest parts of Arkansas, or right along the Oklahoma border. So, I'm assuming, like, kind of close to Fayetteville? Yeah, yeah, it is kind of close to Fayetteville. It's like, yeah. um, oh, it's like right north of the county that Fort Smith is in. Okay, yeah, so, like, right next door. Yeah. yeah. So, those in the historical know can sum up that Bass was born a slave, uh, the owner of the Reeves family was a local politician named William Reeves. And this is just something that's kind of gross is the fact that the slaves take the last name of their owner. It's like really shitty. Yeah, it, it's really, really like I'm, it. I, I'm glad we broke up on the same page of like, I, it makes sense, but man, that just fucking sucks. I totally mm-hmm. get the the idea in the 60s of African-Americans deciding to change their names to other things, like their last names and converting to Islam, because it completely erases that nasty chunk of your identity. Exactly. No, it's really fucking stupid. Uh, So, William Reeves moved his family and estate to Grayson County, Texas, uh, which is right along the Red River, uh, when Bass was only eight. Uh, something that, you know, is really odd as well is that William Reeves, he didn't allow Bass to learn reading, but allowed him to learn horsemanship and shooting. Because apparently guns and horses are safer than words. Which... And, yeah, and Ooh. Bass would live in Grayson County until the start of the Civil War, when he would follow William's son, George R. Reeves, to war for the Confederacy, which doubly fucked. Yeah, can you, can you, man, it's crazy. Like, I don't know if you've read a lot about the Civil War, but this is just a short tangent. But there is a fuck ton, like an absolute fuck ton of accounts of just, like, slaves running so much shit in the Civil War to get everything to work right. Like, these guys would be, they'd be trusted with guns, with cooking everything, with literally doing everything. So, these fucking, like, white aristocrats could go make poor and middling white people go fight the Yankees. Exactly. No, it's uh, really fucked up. Uh, This is a dark, fun fact. So, George Reeves, uh, the son... Uh, died September 5th of 1882 of hydrophobia, which is a side effect of being bitten by a rabid dog. Uh, this is a unsponsored PSA, but you guys should, you know, y'all should get your pups their rabies shots. Rabies is terrifying. Yeah, like, man. Rabies is, like, really fucking scary. Yeah, rabies is one of the scariest, like, things I think that can happen to a creature. But... <laughs> Yeah, no, like rabies and tetanus. Yeah, both of them totally, absolutely make me uncomfortable. Yep, not fun. Uh, So this is a point where history gets a bit messy. Uh, And we know that during the war, Bass, he just fucked off to hide in Indian territory at the time. Uh, Yet we don't quite know when or how. Uh, One of Bass's daughters claimed that Bass and George had apparently had an altercation during a card game where Bass just beat the shit out of his owner and then fled north for the Red River. Uh, Which, I mean, hell yeah, man. Like, fuck yeah. 
I know if you're gonna do it, like that's the way to do it. Be like, I'm tired of playing cards with you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you're fucking cheating. I know you don't have five aces. You Fuck you, bitch. George. <laughs> uh, we can safely assume that this is like early on during the war, and like during this time, uh, Bass learned how to speak at least two Native American languages, uh, Muscogee for sure. Uh, and then Reeves also came away from this time knowing an impressive amount about the land and cultures of the Indian territories, which makes sense if you're going to be in that area. Yeah, man, it totally makes sense. And it totally it, he impressed me more and more after rehearing this again, after writing it. Just the fact that this dude who had no formal education, could not read, could not write, like became a multi-polyglot. <laughs> And exactly. expert landsman. Like, fuck. But we're going to jump ahead a little bit. And after the war, Bass moved back to Crawford County, just outside of Van Buren in Arkansas. Uh, Reeves would farm there until 1875, when a newly appointed judge to Indian Territory, Isaac Parker, ordered the hiring of 200 federal marshals. Well, Parker's right-hand man had heard somehow that Bass Reeves was an extremely talented crack shot, multilingual, giant of a man who was great at horses with horses, and Reeves was offered a job, and ex- which, of course, he fucking accepted because it's a federal job, and thus he became the first black marshal west of the Mississippi. Reeves would then go on to serve the next 32 years working in Indian Territory uh, out of Arkansas, Paris, Texas, and finally Muskogee, Oklahoma. So that's cool because it, to my mind, just shows the scope of like how this area changed where it was ran from Arkansas, ran from Texas, then became its own entity that wasn't just like a, yeah, we shoved these people we don't want right here. Exactly. So at this man's retirement, even, in November of 1907, he was an astounding 69 years fucking old. So Nice. Yeah, until 69. Nice. It's a great joke, and holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, like, goddamn, like, that's a long fucking time. Yeah, a long time to do one job. Like, I couldn't imagine doing a job for, essentially, my whole time I've existed as a person right now. Yeah. That is, like, almost a third of his life. Yeah. Gosh damn. And I, I can only imagine he was still a fearsome man at 69, because at the age of 50, he was described in a paper at being 6'2", a 180-pound man who feared nothing that moves or breathes. God, Which, what a badass. Yeah. And what a scary, giant son of a bitch. 6'2", you're undernourished because... You were in sl- in bondage, so you know he wasn't, like, given the full amount of proper nourishment and food that he should have been given as a human being. And so he, he was probably— eight feet tall. Yeah, exactly, eight foot tall. But the longevity of Reeb's career, um, I'd say we can, we can lay that squarely at the fact that he had a combination of intelligence, skill, and beautiful American racism. So it was much easier at the time— for an African-American man to operate as the law, like within the Indian territory, due to the fact that the territory was predominantly 
Native Americans, African Indians, and freemen. I mean, so there's very little white people, and being an African American would have, you know, been a strength because more people would have been used to dealing with African Americans and African Indians than they would have, you know, dealt with white men. A white lawman most likely would have had a much harder time gaining the trust of locals. And he was probably viewed with fucking suspicion because, you know, some cracker that looked just like that one ripped me off two years ago. Exactly. So, interestingly, though, we know that, that due to enslavement back once again, Reeves was illiterate. We're going to keep harping on this because this is what I find the most impressive. The man could not read at all. And while it wasn't abnormal, you know, west of the Mississippi to be illiterate, it was almost unheard of for U.S. Marshals to be illiterate. Like, hell, you had to fill out these writs and fill out this shit and have them telegrammed back to um, Arkansas to get anything done. You had to request in writing from Arkansas to get warrants or to get more warrants sent to you. Like, somehow, Bass figured out ways and workarounds to do his job, which involved a shit ton of reading and writing, without any gosh damn reading or writing. Just absolutely insane. Yeah. And, like, another really unique skill that I, I'm also super impressed by was that Reeves was ambidextrous with pistols and rifles. Which Holy is, shit. Yeah, it's so fucking hard. Like, I, sir, cannot do shit with a gun in my left hand. I'm pretty sure I would accidentally send myself to the hospital. <laughs> if I tried to shoot anything left-handed. And while I'm not the greatest shot in the world, I'm probably I'm probably above average jack-off with regular. But you put it in my left hand, mm-mm, mm-mm, bad idea. But Reeves was known to shoot both hands, and he was known at being extremely quick shot. And this fact alone... It completely barred the man for the majority of shooting contests with Indian territory, which is fantastic. And I also like to like, yeah, I really like to think in my mind that there was probably a few years when he was really young where he probably went around and just cleaned the fuck up. (laughs) They got tired of seeing it and they're like, nope. Yep. You're like, this is fucking bastard. Get him out of here. He's not allowed to play this (laughs) game anymore. (laughs) Oh. But we... We've got that down. Now, let's assume, not assume, that Bass was the only black lawman within Indian territories either. Um, There were at least a dozen others within the territories. He was just the best, like, of all black and all white lawmen, the best. And fun fact, um, Reeves, he refused to be overly flashy. He just blended in. He didn't have fancy clothes, fancy guns, nothing really, which is also kind of an oddity for anyone during this time period. Like cowboys and gunfighters and lawmen were all pretty flashy gentlemen. So, yeah, kind of fun. Got to have that drip. Yeah. Drip's just a thing men do. Like whether now it's like fancy Nikes, you know, maybe it was a fancy saddle or like a really cool gun with a little pearl pearl thing in it way back yonder. But exactly. So. Over the decades following the Civil War, Indian territory would rapidly gain 
white citizens, and ragamuffins, thus greatly increasing the amount of crime within the region. Uh, tribal courts had no power over these newcomers, uh, thus the courts based out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, and Paris, Texas, had to pick up the slack. Uh, so to summarize, uh, the only legal U.S. authority within the Indian territories were the U.S. Marshals. Uh, it was a hell of a job, and over the course of Bass's 32 years, uh, over 100 Marshals would die at their work, which is just absolutely fucking insane. Uh, and just like, Imagine how bad conser- modern-day conservatives would flip out if that were to happen today. Uh, modern policing, super safe uh, compared to this. Yeah, uh, man, so this I job... Oh, oh sorry. I was just going to bullshit. I, I couldn't imagine, like, just the shit fit, the talking news, like, the talking heads on Fox would have if, let's say, a hundred lawmen were killed in any state of an year. They would literally just start saying that state was a lawless hellhole and they would probably be screaming about sending the U.S. military. Exactly. So, this job was so dangerous, for example. In total, 200 U.S. Marshals have died in U.S. history. Of those 200, I'm assuming that's, like, on the job. Uh, yeah, it was on the job, like. Yeah. Like, died, often shot, or, like, sometimes weird shit, like, poisoned, or. You know, something like, oh, shit, my horse got shot and fell on me and broke my body. Wowee. Yeah. <laughs> so, of those 200, 120 died within the borders of Oklahoma pre-statehood. Oklahoma became a state in 1907, folks. Uh, in the past 214 years, 80 U.S. Marshals have died in the line of duty. That is just absolutely insane yeah. uh and then like especially considering like the majority of these killings happened in a 50 mile radius of muskogee a whole metropolitan region of police killings jesus yeah isn't this the most like that's the most insane one of the most insane stats i have read in a historical thing in quite a long time <laughs> yeah no that's just insane Well, now that we're out of that shock. So initially, before being offered a job as a U.S. Marshal, Reeves often made extra money working with these marshals uh, based out of Van Buren, Arkansas. This often meant that Bass would be hired as a tracker scout slash translator within a marshal's posse. Between his assistance work and later earnings as an officer, by 1980, the Reeves family had become the first black homeowners within the town of Van Buren. So that's a fun fact, a not depressing or too depressing fact. Yeah, because it's a pretty great first. This home also would become a meeting place for Reeves and many of his white work colleagues. It probably was a lot simpler for the lawyers and lawmen working with Reeves to visit his home as opposed to somewhere in public. This is just something that I personally believe after reading between the lines and knowing the historical issues that, you know, working black men had within America, especially when you worked in an important field that involved you know, lots of white men. Mm-hmm. Like, Racism is weird, but I really imagine 
it was probably a lot more comfortable for Reeves to like host his coworkers than go out to them. Exactly. Bass and his family lived in their Van Buren home until 1887 when something we will talk about next time occurred and thus forced him and his family to move to Fort Smith, which was complete by 1889. And I assume that years of working out of Van Buren, though, had become tiring as well as the federal court had been moved and was operated out of Fort Smith since 1871. And... You know, I think the Reeves were probably just happy in Van Buren and didn't want to move. But this federal court district was absolutely fucking massive. It included the whole western half of Arkansas and all of Indian Territory, which, you know, was most of Oklahoma. Like at the time, I think it would have been like everything but like the panhandle and some of the western regions. So like it was huge. It was the largest federal court in U.S. history, and it was a massive 74,000 square miles. God damn. That's just insane, the amount yeah. of ground they had to cover. Yeah, it's literally mind-boggling. Like, I can't imagine, like, that big of an area being your work, <laughs> work yeah. space. I mean, sure, even yeah. if most of the work was done in, sm- you know, small, quote-unquote, areas within, like, modern Oklahoma, that's still a massive fucking territory to occasionally be like, Oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to almost Texas. Have fun. Exactly. So in the early era of Reeves's career, uh, we know that he was mostly a second fiddle to other U S marshals. This was usually done with newer marshals so they could both learn the tricks of the trade and frankly, not die so young as it seems. Uh, Later on in, in Reeves's case, uh, he would team up with men who seemed to respect him, who were many. Uh, much of the action involved bass guiding other marshals up and down the Seminole and Potawatomi trails, uh, which were parallel with each other, uh, both terminating around the south of what is now Potawatomi and Seminole counties. Uh, marshals were encouraged uh, to take a posse man, a guard, and a cook. Uh, On needed occasions, U.S. Marshals took up a half dozen people when a warrant seemed particularly difficult. So just rolling up with the homies. Yeah, and that was like interesting cases. That was like there was a bank robbery and we're going and we need to operate really quick with a lot of gunpowder and track down these like five guys who took out a train. Or if there were like any gang activity, like, you know, these gangs would operate like three guys to a dozen guys and they would send out like six dudes and their cook (laughs) to go track these guys down exactly and so usually these parties would consist of horses and a wagon as well uh now each of the wagons was a mobile prison you know so you could just abuse them on the go which man that's great Uh, All wagons were equipped with chains and shackles in order to lock up the prisoners uh, up among the wagon wheels at night, because Jesus. Uh, These trips apparently took a little over a month, usually, uh, from capturing multiple warrants to the actual return back to Fort Smith. Uh, That just sounds like an absolutely shitty job. Uh, For the bulk of Bass's tenure, he would work for Judge Parker, 
who between 1875 and 1896 tried 13,490 criminal cases with 8,500 convictions, which, good lord, over half. Yeah, that's that's like an insane number. I can't, like, God, that's... I wonder what the stats are now of, like, judges and how many convictions they put out. If it's anything that fucking mind-boggling absurd or... <laughs> If it's much yeah. smaller or if it's worse. I'd hope it's not worse. <laughs> but... I know. So, if you can believe it, uh, Judge Parker was known as the Hanging Judge, which, kind of apropos name. Uh, this court was so busy that it ran six days a week from 7.30 in the morning until 6 with a lunch break at noon. Uh, so nearly 85% of cases were committed within Indian Territory, and uh, it was suggested in 1888 that 20,000 white people were living within Indian Territory and that three-quarters of them were somehow criminals. Uh, a fun stat to reinforce this is that seven out of every 11 people tried in Fort Smith were white men, even though they were the minority within Indian Territory. Which, yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, but, like, man, it's, like, a wild thing. It's a complete... Like, I slap in the face of every <laughs> racist American the fact that, like, oh, here's this place in America, and all the problems are essentially white dudes running around. Yeah, it's all projection. It always has been. Like, mm. And yeah, though, today, I believe that's that's all we got, though, because we're just this, we're doing a quick introduction and. Yeah, next week we'll uh, get back at it. Exactly. Doing a lot of writing on it, a lot of notes. It's been pretty fun. Like I said, I'm enjoying the hell out of doing all the research for this. That sounds so fun. It is. It's reading with no expectation. I, I The only person I could disappoint is you. So <laughs> That's a good point. And, uh, man, let me tell you, the only people I can disappoint are... All my professors, my family, uh, and 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 you, of course, sir. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we're both there together. But man, I'm not scary like a professor. Disappointing a professor is a scary thing. <laughs> it is. It is. Thank God, like two of them, I know genuinely like me. So I got that going for me, which is <laughs> nice. But yeah, I don't. I don't want to disappoint Chad. Chad's the homie. I get it. Hmm. If I would have disappointed some of my professors, I would have been so upset. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, that's been our first little intro look at Bass Reeves. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as I said, we'll be back next week for more on Bass Reeves. Uh, but as always, I have been not Bravo, or I've been Bravo. Uh, you can find me at not Bravo Delta on the Twitter. You can find the show at, at yo with the hell PD on the Twitter. Email us at yo with the hell pod at gmail.com. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Singe Wavern for doing our logo. Uh, good people as always. And Toasty Producer for always just, you know, being there in spirit. Like we miss him every day. I talked to him yesterday. He's good people. Uh, but yeah, and I've been joined as always by my fellow co-host. Um, I'm whiskey. You can find me at whiskey is, is a devil at Twitter. And 
I too would like to thank our wonderful producer, Toasty. Um, I'd also like to thank him for whooping my ass soundly last week at fucking Smash Brothers. I think everyone whooped my ass. You whooped my ass. He whooped my ass. <laughs> yeah, Canto Yep. And then Wizardmon. Yeah, that's why we didn't have a podcast last week. Is because we practiced self-care and beat the shit out of Whiskey and Smash. Yeah, it was good. Good time. I haven't played Smash in ages. And as usual, we have been broadcasting from beautiful Norman, Oklahoma, which is unceded land of the Osage, Kiowa, Wichita, Quapa, and Kickapoo peoples. And we always like to include that, especially in our Oklahoma episodes. It's really important to remember. It is, because, yeah, Native people still here. And, uh, yeah, it's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's close it out. Yeah, that's all we got for you folks. All right. Uh, Thank you for listening, our Paddlehead Army. And uh, we will talk to you guys later. Via con Dios. Au revoir.